welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Noob. For more information and great content, jump over to our website at elamchurchchristchurchcity.org. We hope you enjoy this message. We uh, are doing a series on Easter, Easter weekend, uh, called All Hail King Jesus. Um, We were looking at uh, three things, three aspects of Easter. Last week, we touched on prepare. In your, in your campuses, if you were there, you would have heard a great message around this topic of being prepared, how uh, we talked about here at City of Jesus' triumphal entry. Amen. It was, he was preparing the way by entering into uh, what, what uh, the church calls Holy Week. The beginning of Holy Week, where significant events uh, in the in the build up to the cross uh, took place. And um, last Sunday, I talked about how when Jesus entered into Jerusalem, he revealed, or the, should I say, the Gospel of Matthew, uh, Matthew's account revealed uh, three characteristics of Jesus. Uh, firstly, that he was king. Uh, and, and he quoted uh, a passage, I think it's in Zechariah 9, verse 9, which talks about uh, the king. And then later on, Matthew, he touches on uh, the fact that not only was Jesus king, but he was also uh, priest, high priest. And in, in uh, Psalm 118, uh, he quotes this particular psalm, revealing the high priest who would bring uh, the sacrifice to the altar on behalf of the, uh, on behalf of the people. But how many of us know this morning that not only was Jesus uh, the high priest, but he also became the sacrifice? Amen. And then finally, uh, what did Matthew reveal to us? Well, he revealed that Jesus was not just king, not just priest, but he was also prophet. And uh, that he was all three. And and this is is the only time in the history of Christianity or the history of the Bible that we see one person holding all three of these offices, uh, king, uh, priest, and prophet. Uh, Throughout the history of Israel, they've always had one person uh, fulfill the role, but nowhere in Scripture does it mention anyone having all three. And only is it in Christ. Amen, somebody. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the High Priest, the one that make that comes before the Lord uh, and pleads with the Lord on our behalf. And then finally, He is the Prophet, and uh, and I love this about the Lord that He is Prophet. So today we're touching on uh, the next of this uh, series, next topic, and we're calling this passion. Now, passion comes is a, is a great English word, but it. And, and we've kind of messed it up in, in, uh, in, the, in the Western world, this world passion. We've kind of uh, associated it with uh, love and uh, fuzzy kind of a love, you know, a ro- romantic kind of a love. But its actual origin is actually nothing like that at all. Uh, it comes from an old Latin uh, word called, now let me get this right, uh, passionium. Passionium. Passionium actually means, this is the literal translation, Suffering, it means, uh, let, me, let me read my notes, eh? that, that'll be helpful. Uh, it, it, it means to endure. Now, of course, some of you guys, you men here, you might think, well, yeah, that's passion, you know. <laughs> no, a better night, a better night. I need to go home today. I need to go home for lunch today. Anyway, so, um, so when we talk about the passion of Christ, we're talking about the suffering of Christ. The fact that he endured great suffering on our behalf. 
that, that it was he who became the, the sacrificial lamb that would lay down his life and through the blood that was spilt on the cross that we would be covered of our sins. I, I love that. Can I just encourage us all? Um, let's, let's never get complacent about that fact. I mean, that's, that, that's my prayer for every believer, every Christian here this morning, that you would never get complacent about the fact that Jesus laid his life down on a cross, a sinless Savior who, who, was, who was without sin, but took our place on the cross so that we could come before the Lord in all holiness and, and, and forgiven of our sins, washed away. Amen, somebody. Amen. So when we look at the cross, and we, we, we need to remember, and I think Phil touched on this so brilliantly as you were sharing about communion, this is paramount. This is foundational. This is essential to the Christian faith. Without the cross, without the suffering, without the resurrection, amen, somebody, uh, um, then our faith just becomes another one of these feel-good stories that is kind of just filtered throughout humanity. That without this moment, when without this time, that everything else really is meaningless. It all centers and it all hinges on this fact that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. This is what Christianity really comes to. Um, Hebrews, uh, Hebrews uh, 12 and verse 2, it says this, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So this morning, I want to do a little bit of apologetics with us this morning. Is that okay? Can I attempt to that? So for those that may not know what this word means, apologetics is simply uh, to, uh, to have an answer, to be able to, to, be able to defend your faith. Uh, I, I think we're in a time uh, um, that we need to defend, have, have the ability to defend our faith. Amen, somebody. Yeah. I, I believe Christianity is being attacked on every front. It's been attacked in schools, it's been attacked in work environments, it's been attacked in communities. Uh, uh, um, the name of Jesus was removed from Parliament after, uh, uh, after 100 years of, uh, or more, uh, the name of Jesus was taken out. I, I, I believe that, that we're under, the, under attack. I say this respectfully. Uh, um, I don't know what the next census is going to reveal, but the last census indicated that Christianity only makes 4 to 5% of our, of our population, those who profess a Christian faith. Okay. So this, this morning, I think in order to understand the significance of the cross we, and, and to really settle the deal in our spirits, we need to kind of have an idea of, of, of what the arguments are or what, what the... What the the issues are concerning Christ, because even in our 21st century, uh, Christ is still debated. Did he really exist? Did, was he ever here on planet Earth? No. Now, now, a lot of people, they listen to third-hand, fourth-hand information that tells them that Jesus really did not exist. And, and, uh, not, and then others will tell you, other religions would say that, yes, he did exist, but he wasn't who the Christians say he was. For example, in the Quran, it'll tell you that Jesus is described uh, 
as one who was born of a virgin, performing miracles, accompanied by his disciples, rejected by the Jewish establishment, and, and it will also assert that Jesus was not crucified, nor did he die on the cross, and, uh, but was miraculously saved by God. So we, hear, we see there are te- this real tension right now uh, around this whole topic. It is, it is foundational uh, to the, to the, and essential, and it, everything in the Christian faith hinges on this moment. And that's why I believe it's attacked at every front. Amen. So let me try and answer this question really, really quickly. Did Jesus exist? Okay, okay this is rhetorical. Okay, guys, okay, so that, that means you don't... Don't answer it, because we'll be here till next Easter, okay? Uh, all right, so did Jesus really exist? Now, I, wanna, I just want to reveal to you one argument for it that comes not from the Bible. There was a historian whose name was Josephus, who was a, Jewish, a Roman Jew, who wrote a book called The Antiquities of the Jews. It was a series of, 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 of 20 books and it, it, it really depicted the entire history of the Jews in the first century. Uh, he wrote this in the first century. So he was given the task to, to for, uh, of, of, of um, recording the history all the way from Adam all the way through to the Jew, Jewish war in, the, in, the, in 60 AD, 73 AD, which if you know your history, that was the time of Emperor Nero. Uh, which destroyed Jerusalem. And so Josephus, this, this Jew who was a historian, records uh, what was going on around that time of Jesus. And in his writing, in his book, he actually mentions Jesus. And not only that, he mentions Jesus' brother, James. And this is what it says. It says, at this time, there was a wise man who was called Jesus. And his conduct was good, And he was known to be virtuous. And many people from among the Jews and the other nations became his disciples. Pilate condemned him to be crucified and to die. And those who had become his disciples did not abandon his discipleship. They reported that he had appeared to them three days after his crucifixion and that he was alive. Accordingly, he was perhaps the Messiah concerning whom the prophets had recounted uh, wonders. So this historian named Josephus, Flavius Josephus, uh, who had no, uh, I guess, uh, benefit in, in identifying a, a Christ, Jesus, as being a real person. He got nothing, he gained nothing from it. Remember, he, were, he, he was a Roman who were the oppressors. Yet in his intellectual integrity, he recorded everything that was happening. Are you guys hearing this this morning? So we can have a little bit of confidence because of such things. When we recognize that what he was writing, which is outside of the Bible, actually lines up with what is in the Bible. Okay, fantastic. There's also um, a a well-known scholar, Bart Ehrman. Uh, and he, he also, in regards to the, in regards to the Jesus authenticity, and he says it's absolute nonsense or foolishness. Now, let me put it that way. He says it's absolute foolishness 
to think that Jesus did not exist. Bart Ehrman is an atheist, agnostic atheist, uh, which simply means he does not believe there is a God, or he's not sure that either way. Uh, he's a New Testament scholar who no longer believes that there is a God. And he himself uh, makes the point that if you're going to be intellectually honest and be, uh, intellectually in, uh, have intellectual integrity, then you have to conclude that Jesus really did exist. So for all of us here who are here today, this should be a sealed deal in our spirits. Amen. And, and, and we should know, and, and this is us being uh, wiser serpents and as innocent as doves, uh, we should also have an argument. We should also be able to understand and articulate to anyone that might dare ask us, uh, well, did Jesus really live? Well, yes, he really did. There was a man named Jesus. There's recorded history of him being around. Did you know there's probably more uh, transcripts and more uh, evidence for Jesus than there is for Alexander the Great? Oh, yeah. And now I'm getting into something else. Let's bring it back to Good Friday. I'm, I'm kind of saying all this because we, are, we, we, we need to be strong in what we believe. Because it's going to be attacked at some point in your life. It hasn't already been. It will be. You'll be challenged on it. Oh, come on, Lou. You don't really believe that stuff, do you? I mean, I mean it's good when you're a kid and, and, you know, like Sunday school, that's where you go. You know, they're the professional babysitters. They look after your kids <laughs> so that the adults can go and skive off and do some shopping or groceries or whatever they do, you know. Uh, uh, um, but when you get older, come on, now, now you're, you're, you know, you're an adult. You, you actually, you know, you can, you can rationally think for yourself. You don't have to buy in. Uh, we need to have an, an, uh, no, an answer. Are you guys hearing this? For our faith. And the evidence is all around us. It's all there. So if Jesus did exist, and it's a different kind of Jesus to the one that is featured in the Quran or the one that is talked about by others, uh, a mythological, but he really did exist. Then how do we know that what he said was actually true? Well, when we go back to Jesus' life here on earth, he actually prophesied about what was to come. Good Friday or the, the passion of Christ was not a surprise. Actually, Jesus told his disciples the things and the build up to it. He warned them. Uh, he said, you know, um, I'm going to be betrayed. This is what he prophesied in the build-up to the cross. He said, I'm going to be betrayed um, by, by Judas. He actually identified who was going to betray him. The, 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 and uh, he, he said to them that the disciples would leave him. He said that Peter would deny him, and it happened. He said he would suffer at the hands of the religious leaders, and that's exactly what happened. He said he would die in Jerusalem. He said he actually, he actually identified how he would die. He said, I will be crucified. He, uh, he said he would die during Passover, and that's exactly what happened. But he also said that he would rise again on the third day. That there, he also said that there would be a helper that would come after he had gone, and that's name was the Holy Spirit. He also uh, uh, prophesied and predicted that Jerusalem would fall within a generation, and that's exactly what happened. He said that the temple would be destroyed, and then he also mentioned that the believers will be scattered. Everything that he predicted 
came true. Why am I saying this? New way you're saying this. This is the oddest Good Friday message I've ever heard. This is why I'm saying this. It's because if Jesus existed, and we can confirm that he existed, and then we can confirm what he said was true, then we can also trust that everything else he said has to be true too. That's the natural conclusion. If you follow the logic and you follow the, 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 the argument all the way to its natural conclusion, you have to conclude that if Jesus did die on that cross, he did die the way that he predicted he would die, and everything that he said came about as it were, then you have to believe that everything else that he taught in the Bible has to be true too. Is anybody hearing this this morning? Yeah, that's worthy of a clap. Go on. That was a... That was a beautiful golf clip right there. I love that. <laughs> it means that when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that no one can go to the Father except through me, the Son, guess what? I believe that's true. Why do I believe that's true? Because Jesus said that he would be persecuted, that he would die on a cross, he would die in Jerusalem, and everything else that he said came to fruition. So why would I doubt if he said it there and it happened, why would I doubt everything else he said? to be true as well. It has to be true. That's the logic. When Jesus said that, 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 uh, that in him you will experience, there'll be no more suffering, there'll be no more pain, that he goes to his father and to prepare a place for us and he will come again to take us to be where he is. I believe that to be true. Why? Because everything else he said at the, about the cross and about the, 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 uh, 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 the punishment and pain that he would suffer uh, uh, also came true. So if I believe that, then I also believe this. Are you guys hearing this this morning? We, this, is, this is the reality of the Christian faith. It all hinges on the cross. This is where the, this is where the game changes for the Christian. Because if this weren't true, if this weren't real, if this never happened, then everything else he said in this book and in this Bible and the words that he wrote in the four Gospels is meaningless. It means nothing. But, everyone say but. But, but because he was correct about this, church, he's got to be correct about everything else he says. Are you guys hearing this this morning? That's why I believe it. That's why I have confidence in it. I believe Jesus really did walk this world. I believe, and so I, be, I believe because I believe he walked this world. I believe in, and, and it was the account of the Gospels, and the account was a miraculous account of a virgin birth. And, and, and all, the, all the things that took place were all recorded by, and, 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 uh, and I believe that he lived a sinless life here on planet earth, that, that he taught, and he taught with wisdom like no man had ever taught, he taught with such authority, no one had ever heard he him teach such, in such a way, and that he performed miracles, and he, and he did signs and wonders, he was feeding the 5,000, instead of, instead of uh, uh, um, chasing them away, he said, no, you take care of them, you feed them, and get them all to sit down, and I'll... I want to pray. Give me that fish. Give me that bread. Are you guys hearing this this morning? Because I trust in the cross and what the events that took place, I also believe that when he says that you can ask for anything in my name and I will give it to you, I believe it. That, that, and, and because he is, he is the way, the truth, and the life, I also believe that there is healing in the name of Jesus. 
I believe that there is prosperity in the name of Jesus. There is provision in the name of Jesus. I believe that, 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 that there, is, there is hope, there is a future, there is a destiny, there is a purpose, there is a plan. Why? Because, because that what became true, so everything else he said should be true as well. Are you guys hearing this this morning? Uh, I, uh, I just want to keep preaching, but I better stop. Those hot cross buns, man, if they go cold, <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be throwing them at me, you know, like, like this. Get them, line them up, let's throw it at Newt. It's your fault, you did this. Jesus said this, I didn't come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill it. I didn't come to throw this stuff away, I came to make sense of it. I came to reveal it to you so that you would understand. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm there in Genesis. I'm there in Exodus, Leviticus. I'm there in Numbers. Uh, I'm there in Deuteronomy. Uh, I've just started, haven't I? <laughs> I'm going to get myself in trouble here. I'm like, wait, let me just read the content section. and then I... Here we go. I'm here in... No, no, no. Are you guys hearing this? Jesus revealed that the Word of God, the Word of God, that was breathed, and so we, because he he did not he did not abandon this, he used this, he revealed this, and then so so we can trust in this. Are you guys hearing this? Yes. We can trust in this. Why? Because because guess what? You know, there was like two thousand years ago, there was a man named Jesus, and he was he really existed, and he and he, he predicted his death, and guess what? It happened. So when he says that 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 uh, um, that he did not come to abandon the law, but to fulfill it, then that means this is true. Because I trust that to be true. Are you guys hearing that? That's just my take on things. Let, let me finish with this. I'll, I'll conclude. This is like a record message for me, you know. Record time. Regarding the passion of the Christ, his justice demanded it. His grace paid for it. His peace confirms it. His presence empowers it. Let me say that again. His justice demanded it. For the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life. His justice demanded it. His grace paid for it. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son, that so that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. His grace paid for it. His peace confirms it. My peace I give you. My peace I leave you. None of this was not a peace of this world, but a peace that comes from God. There's peace. There's a resolve. There's a confidence. I have this peace. It confirms it. And His presence empowers it. Let me tell you, friend, when Jesus went up to be here, one of His final words was this, wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. His presence. What he said there, guess what? Go to Acts 2. It came true. He predicted it, and it happened. His presence, his presence empowers it. It makes sense of everything else. When you say yes to Jesus, I believe the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and into your life. The minute, the second you utter those words, Jesus, I need you. 
I believe He comes in. I can prove it to you in Scripture. We ain't got time, but I can prove it to you that He comes in. But then there's also a filling of the Holy Spirit. There's a baptism of the Holy Spirit, we call it. You need both. You need Jesus to come into your heart and into your life to be Lord of the life. That's the power of the cross. But then from the cross, you need the Holy Spirit upon you. You need the power of God. Why? Because you can't do this thing called Christianity on your own. It's impossible. You can't do it. Many have tried. Many would continue to try. That's just how they do it. But you need the Holy Spirit. So here's what I want to do this morning as we conclude this service. I want to give you an opportunity to receive both this morning. See, on Good Friday, this is how good it can be. It can be the day that changed your life. Your life changed. As I was driving up the road uh, to, to, into church this morning, I just said to Tawa as we were driving in the car, I said, wait, today's the 2023. I gave my life to the Lord. I gave my heart to the Lord 19, uh, 1993. 14th October, 1993. I was 18 years of age. There you go. You can try and work out how old I am. 93, I gave my heart to the Lord. 2023. 30 years later, I'm still walking with the Lord. Come on, somebody. Let this be your day. Let this be the day you say yes to Jesus, just like I did at 18 years of age. Let this be the day you say yes to Jesus. I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you existed. I believe that you are real, that you, you existed on planet Earth. I believe that you died on that cross. And today, I pray that you, the power of the cross would cover my sins, that your blood that was spilt would cover my sin this morning. Friend, that is what is on offer today. You can be forgiven of your sins simply by praying in the name of Jesus. Amen, somebody. This has been another great message from Elam Church, Christchurch City. For more content and updates, come see us on our Facebook page or jump over to our website. Thanks so much for listening.